Hello, everybody. This is Beth O'Hara, and today we will be mapping MCAS triggers on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Beth O'Hara. Beth O'Hara is a functional naturopath specializing in complex chronic immune conditions related to mast cell activation syndrome and histamine intolerance. She is the founder and owner of Mast Cell 360, a functional naturopathy practice designed to look at all factors surrounding health conditions, genetic, epigenetic, biochemical, physiological, environmental, and emotional. She designed Mast Cell 360 to be the kind of practice she wished had existed when she was severely ill with mast cell activation syndrome, histamine intolerance, neural inflammation, Lyme, mold toxicity, fibromyalgia, and chronic fatigue. Her mission today is to be a guiding light for others with mast cell activation syndrome, histamine intolerance, and these related conditions in their healing journeys. Beth, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm excited for some continued conversation with you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited. I have found sometimes this is a game changer in these complex cases. Mm, I love that. And we've been discussing mast cell activation syndrome or MCAS, which has become a popular topic in functional and integrative medicine because of the number of people that we see that sort of fall outside of the radar of standard care. So before we get into some of the major triggers of the activation can you define the syndrome for us and help us to better understand why these cells get activated or overactivated? Absolutely. And I want to talk about why we want to know about this. Why is this getting so much attention? Because the epidemiological studies are showing that mass activation syndrome is affecting between 9 to 17% of the general mm -hmm. population. That's a lot. That's at least That's 1 in 10. And in talking with my colleagues, over 50%, it could be over 75% of people with chronic health conditions have mast cell activation syndrome because these mast cells are in every tissue almost in the body. There are very few tissues without them. And they are critical cells. And we can't survive without them. If you don't have mast cells, you actually have to live in a bubble. There have been a few people with genetic conditions with like that. But this is because these mast cells are like the frontline defending cells of the immune system and sensing. So they're out there sensing. 
They're looking for toxins. They're looking for pathogens. They're looking for allergens. They are looking for injuries. They're involved in injury recovery. They're involved in the nervous system. They're involved in hormones. You name it, the mast cells have a role. And they are then, they're sensing what's going on. They're at every nerve ending, Andre, in the body, which I find fascinating. They're in the limbic system, in the limbic system in the brain. So now we're thinking they're all in stress, they're all in trauma that'll come back too. And then they have all these receptors on the outside, which hundreds of different types of receptors, which allows them to sense all these things. And then they have the latest count I've seen from Dr. Lawrence Afrin, who's one of our lead researchers in the mast cell activation world, is there over a thousand mediators. Well, that gives you a very complex cell with a lot of flexibility, but also a lot of opportunity for something to go wrong. Mm -hmm. So they use these mediators to communicate to the nervous system, to the endocrine system, to the digestive system, wherever we're going. And when they are having this constant onslaught of toxins, of EMFs, of, you know, we've got super bugs now that we've never mm-hmm. had before, the stuff that's been happening, you know, these last many, many, many months. And the mast cells should be able to respond, take a break, respond, take a break. But just like if you had, I like the analogy of the, the guards of the castle gate. Mm-hmm. Your guards of your castle gate have to be on duty 24 7 for months and years on end, which is the world we live in. We have more toxin exposure than we've ever had in the history of humanity. We've never had EMFs like we have now. Right. We And we are in a mold epidemic, a true epidemic with mold toxicity. Then they'd never get a break. And so their signaling starts to get wonky. And the mast cells are the main conductors, one of the main conductors of the immune system. They're communicating to all these other immune cells to mobilize and do the job. So if the conductor gets out of rhythm, the whole orchestra gets out of rhythm. And then that contributes to, in in the right genetic framework, then you're leading into autoimmunity. And almost every form of autoimmunity has been linked to mast cell activation syndrome. Almost every form of chronic GI issues linked to mass activation syndrome, EDS, hypermobility, POTS. I mean, it just goes on and on. These mast cells are at the core of the dysregulation. Such a good explanation. And I can really visualize it with that explanation, Beth. And you mentioned mold and EMFs. When we kind of anchor on the triggers from the get-go, are people being born with this hypervigilance of the mast cells from the get-go on protective mode? Is it happening throughout the lifespan? How should we be thinking about how patients are presenting with MCAS? That is a, a fantastic question. It's it's all of the above. Mm-hmm. And so there are some genetic mass activation syndromes. Um, they're not very common. And it was thought that mast cell issues were very rare until about 20 years ago, some researchers started to push back against that. But now we know how common it is because now we know what to look for. Some people are being born with it because of the toxins that pass through the placenta right. and the breast. And, and so you're thinking metal toxins can be affecting the placenta stress, of course, but mycotoxins 
splash through the placenta and they pass through the breast milk. So I have a lot of children in the practice who've been sick since birth. Hmm. And then I have a lot of people also a whole other group who they never had health issues until boom, 42 years old or whenever they moved into this one home and they got horribly sick or they got this food poisoning and it wasn't the food poisoning. It was the straw that broke the camel's back of Correct. all of the buildup of toxins, mercury, whatever else is happening there. Uh, have people who they were doing fine until a particular medical procedure or they had to get the contrast dye for a procedure or something like that. But what the, the underlying piece outside of these less common genetic mast cell conditions in these acquired mast cell activation syndromes, the underlying piece is pathogens, pathogen load. And then you go, well, why is there pathogen load? Well, there's a toxin load usually. And then that toxin load, what's happening with that? And, and then you might find other genetic factors that affect detoxification and so on. In over 60% of people I see in the clinic, there's been early childhood trauma. And that's a piece we're not paying enough attention right. to. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. And the nervous system dysregulation, mold toxins cause nervous system dysregulation, even without any trauma. But I don't know many people, Andrea, who live in this world in Western culture who don't have trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that you talked about it as a load. And I, I'm thinking of a couple of words that we consider here at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. One is resilience. One of my favorite words, you know, really in that teeter totter with stress, but also the realm of modulation. And what I hear you speaking into is that the load doesn't allow for the immune system to modulate that everything is a straw that's adding and adding and adding. So that one thing breaks the camel's back, but it wasn't that one thing. It was the accumulation of everything kind of disintegrating the body's resilience. I think that's huge. And if we think about well, what, what is this resilience? There's a lot of aspects of it. What ties all these pieces together? And, and my thinking is the nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, the nervous system reaches into every organ system, every tissue of the body. We've got the brain, the nervous system. But when we talk about the nervous system, then the immune system, and the hormone system, and I know you, you and I are just exactly on the same page here, but a lot of people don't realize that even practitioners, that those aren't separate systems. It's the psycho neuroendocrino immunological axis and and how is that playing with everything else and that's huge in resilience such a good point and so well said i really resonate with that it brings us into the center of the matrix and how everything is connected there when you're looking at working with patients with mast cell activation syndrome and thinking about all these different triggers that you mentioned, I know you see mold toxicity as one of the biggest triggers. Is that also something that is a straw that breaks the camel's back that one person may be living in the same environment and be able to detoxify or manage that mold exposure and another person isn't? How should we think about those connections? 
Yes, I think of mold as like the straw bale that breaks the camel's back, you know, because <laughs> not just one straw. Yeah, it, it's so it, it truly is epidemic. And I saw a study that was showing that over 50% of our buildings in the United States alone are toxic. And mold, again, I know it's a whole its own topic, but this is we've got to get on the the bandwagon understanding mold and with the mold it, it's disrupting so much of the body it's disrupting the nervous system it's disrupting the gut it's disrupting the hormones and it's disrupting the immune system you name it and it's one of the biggest disruptors now the reason why you have some people in a home that aren't affected and some people are so I see children and women more affected. We think about children women are usually smaller and men have more tissues to store those toxins in because they're fat soluble that the mm-hmm. mycotoxins so they get tucked into those tissues. Women we have different hormone profiles and so that plays a role into why. And uh, women really you know in this culture at this point in time are carrying a lot of stress. And I'm not saying all women carry more stress than all men or anything like that. If we just look generally, women are still pushed more to take care of the home and now work. And I see more stress in my women clients sometimes than, than my male clients. And I think we do have to pay some attention to that. So it's, but it truly, it's not about gender. It's about hormones. It's about, what's going on with this person's size, how much, how big is their trash can right. to hold toxins, right? Yep. What's happened with their genetics and glucuronidation is an area I've done a lot of research in, and it's our major phase two detox pathway for all toxins, including mold toxins. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going on genetically with that pathway and the other pathways, the ones that are involved with moving the toxins from the liver to the bile and involved in other areas of detoxification, other areas of the immune system, and on and on. So we're all so individual. And I often have one person in the household sick, or I'll have the mom and the kids are sick, and the husband's fine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have uh, men who, they're the only ones that are sick, and they may be the ones with more trauma in their background. They were the ones with higher stress levels. They were the ones with the worst genetic profile. So fascinating. And I'm appreciating how you're speaking into the matrix just in conversation. Conversationally, you think through the matrix, which I really appreciate about you. I'm going to head over to the right side of the matrix, right in the center there to nutrition and hydration, because oftentimes we will see people with sensitivities to not just food groups, but chemical food categories like histamine or salicylates. And I'm wondering if what's the chicken egg situation there? Is it a trigger? Is it due to the overaction of the mast cells? How should we be thinking about those sensitivities? That's another great question. We have allergies, sensitivities, and then intolerances, right? So right. Allergies are going to be an immune reaction to a food, a sensitivity. So allergy, true allergy being IgE. Correct. And then sensitivities being IgG. And then we have intolerances. So histamine, salicylate intolerances, FODMAP, a little different form yes. of intolerances. True. But, um, and then we have lectins in the mast cell world. And so mm-hmm. lectins are going to be a type of sensitivity. 
And I distinguish that because the way we think about lectins, they're triggering mast cells. They're actually receptors those lectins stock onto, and they trigger mast cells. And this is why nightshades have been known for a long time to be a trouble in inflammatory conditions. Well, there's a lot more in the lectin category than nightshades, but they have a lot of good nutrients too. So what do we do there? We don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Then we have the intolerances. And with those intolerances, it's what we put in our body has to be metabolized and broken down, whether it's, you know, food, it's a vitamin, a supplement. And so histamine or salicylates, I like to think of those like a sink and a faucet metaphor. So if you are taking in more histamines, like you're eating high histamine foods, or you're producing a lot of histamine from the mast cells, producing histamines and cytokines, they're major producer cytokines in the body, prostaglandins and so on. Well, then those all that has to get metabolized and they get metabolized by certain enzymes. So well known about histamine is HNMT, which is activated by CME from methylation. We have diamine oxidase. We have a lot of other enzymes involved as well, including there's a glucuronidation enzyme that breaks down histamine. There's ALDH. There's a lot of ones, um, the NATs, acetylation. Histamine has a lot of pathways. Well, Things like mold toxins are going to use up those enzymes. And we have a finite number of enzymes available in the body at any one time. They're all getting used up by the mold toxins. You don't have so much for the histamine or the salicylates. And so salicylates get detoxed by glucuronidation again mm -hmm. and by sulfation and glycine. Well, so do mold toxins. So mm -hmm. we see... Salicylate intolerance a lot in mold toxicity. We see histamine intolerance there. And so if we've got, we're producing or eating more of these things, that's the water flowing out of the faucet. The enzymes are the drain, breaking it down to allow your body to excrete it. Well, if you don't have enough enzymes, it's like your drain's too little, faucet's on too high, sink's going to overflow. And then when the sink starts overflowing, you get those histamine intolerance, salicylate intolerance issues. So we want to slow down the flow while we open the drain. Mm -hmm. And that's how we handle those. Yeah. Great explanation. And we will link to some other podcasts on those distinctions that you hinted at about sensitivity, allergy, intolerance, as well as some histamine information. Before I let you go, Beth, your practice is busting at the seams and you are growing quickly. And I know we're talking right now to many practitioners who can be helping people, even preparing them to come in to see you and be at a further along state. Where do we focus our attention to get people ready to do the deeper dive and the work? I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it <laughs> from you. <laughs> what can we do to help folks without getting caught in the complexities and I don't know what to do and where would I even start and I have to rid their whole body of mold? What, what do we do? Well, mold detoxification is actually step number three in my process. Sometimes step number four, we have to prepare the foundation. Mm -hmm. We can't take, and especially our practice is the super sensitive. They're the people who keep falling through the cracks. The protocols aren't working. They can't take anything. They can't take any blends. They can't take a single capsule of anything. With these people who are sensitive, 
And it may sound counterintuitive because as practitioners, we often think, let's go jump to supplements. Right. Absolutely. First thing everybody does when they come into my practice is they work on calming the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, well, why, why would you start there? Well, again, the nervous system breaches every tissue in the body and there are mast cells at every nerve ending. And so the nervous system is creating neurotransmitters that dock on the outside of the mast cells and creating change in those mast cells. And the mast cells are releasing neuropeptides and other mediators that are influencing the nervous system. So if we can't get any supplements on board, and some of my people need medications, can't get those on board because they're not tolerating things, always the nervous system. How do we calm it down? What's going to work for them? And they're two main things. I've been studying the nervous system for over 20 years and I have tried so many things and so many things did not work. And so I've been able to hone it down to, well, what works the most in these cases? Limbic system is key, Mm -hmm. something for limbic support. And there's only a few programs that do that. Um, There's a few really good ones, but they have to pick one limbic program. And then the second is vagal nerve support. There has to be some specific things for the vagal nerve and they are not interchangeable. You can't go, well, let me just do the vagal and not the limbic. Got to do them both. And people generally need one limbic system and they need usually two or more vagal supports because they're synergistic. And that's um, the absolute key is to have a toolkit you can pull from because not everything's going to work for everybody either. Right. And to have a toolkit of these nervous system programs and really do them yourself as a practitioner so you know the kind of changes inside that happen. And then you can pull from and go, oh, this person's having trouble. Like I have some people who are very, very fundamentalist Christian. Some of the programs don't speak to them in their mm-hmm. language. And so let's pull something else. And I have some people who they can't stand a certain kind of voice. And so we've got to pull from something else. So they're really sound sensitive. So we can't use the sound program. So let's pull from a different one. But we want to have a toolbox of tools that are very effective for making these changes. And especially when people are stuck, if we can enter from the nervous system. And the the last piece I want to say, because these super sensitive people are really challenging is they can't go to a half an hour, an hour a day off the bat. They may have to start with two minutes of a nervous system program and build, mm-hmm. you know, a minute a day. I have some people who started with two minutes and they've built a minute a week because they're that sensitive. But if we don't give up on them, they're going to heal. And that's why that's, um, I was one of those people. And so that's why this is so I'm so passionate about it. And it's so important because we have just millions of people who are super sensitive. Nobody can figure out. And I, I want us to, to start to learn how do we support them so they're not left out, so they're not stuck. Because these are the people that are going to go on and take on this change their lives. And then they're going to change other people's lives because mm-hmm. they got their health back. Mm, That's so beautiful. I call what you're talking about functional empathy. And I want to encourage everybody to go to the show notes for this episode to get the matrix, which is going to be beautifully complete 
in uh, from this conversation, but also there's a lot of important links that help us do the work. You shared, Beth, the science behind the why we have to do some of this back it up work, but we have to do it and not rush ahead with these highly sensitive people. Thank you, Beth, for the work you do and for the calm intelligence that you share it with us all. I so appreciate you. I'm so glad I met you and I look forward to continuing conversations with you. Thank you as well, Andrea. And just, just thank you for, for helping us get this out and everything that you do as well. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, head on over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. 